eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball, Players Edition. Man, that ball get out of here in a hurry. Taking you inside the clubhouse for the biggest stories across the game with former major leaguers. Bellinger swings, high fly ball down the line. Featuring ex-outfielder turned Radio.com sports insider and San Diego Padres analyst Tony Gwynn Jr. They're not going to be pushed around at any point, regardless of what their record is. And former catcher turned Radio.com sports insider and Philadelphia Phillies analyst Ben Avis. It's very alarming. I had them right about 500. It's all on Radio.com sports big time baseball players edition. Radio.com sports presents big time baseball players edition. Alongside Tony Gwynn Jr., I'm Ben Davis. Just to give a little background about myself, I played parts of seven seasons for the San Diego Padres, the Seattle Mariners, and the Chicago White Sox. And actually back here in San Diego to do this broadcast with Tony Gwynn Jr., it's a pleasure being back here in my old stomping grounds, obviously. Uh, this is where you grew up. This is all yeah. you know. But this is uh, it's, a, it's always a treat for me to get back here and, and see – not too many folks that I still know uh, from my days playing here, but it's still nice to catch up with a few folks and, and say hello. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, it's been quite some time since you were here and a lot of, a lot of changeover. Tony Gwynn Jr. here. Uh, I played parts of eight seasons in the big leagues uh, between the Padres, the Dodgers, the Brewers, and the Phillies. Uh, I then transitioned to being a broadcaster in 2016. I was with the Dodgers for a year, and I've been here in San Diego ever since. And this is home for me, as you said, Ben, so – uh, it's a good fit. It's always nice to come out to Petco Park, which is one of the most beautiful stadiums in all of baseball. Yeah, this place is something else. And you think back to, you know, playing over at Qualcomm or Jack Murphy, whatever you want to call <laughs> right. it, and then being able to come here. What a difference. Uh, this place really is beautiful. But, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll dive into a little bit. Of, you know, each week we dig into the top stories across baseball, giving you a breakdown of the games and biggest headlines from our perspective as former major leaguers big time baseball players edition is a part of radio.com which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free anytime anywhere listen over 300 stations and over 1100 podcasts explore by location or genre to find music news and sports from your own location or across the country and you can follow radio.com sports on twitter at rdc sports 
Well, we might as well jump right into it, Tony. This is a, it was going to be a tough road trip for the Phillies, having to go out to L.A. with that ball club that they have out there, and they are a spectacular ball yeah. club. Uh, and then coming here to play the, the Padres, uh, we knew about the lineup, and we knew that uh, they could put up some runs. Yeah, I mean, listen, you guys came in after a tough series against the Dodgers, and you're right, the Dodgers – to me, it's 1A, 1B between the Dodgers and the Astros for best team in baseball. I would give the nod to the Dodgers based on the injuries that the Astros have right now. But loss for the Phillies, losing McCutcheon to a torn ACL. I, I want to jump into this trade deadline that's coming up here in about a month. Um, you have now the Phillies who have been kind of in this conversation for Keuchel, now you have to assume they're going to be in on everything at this point. They're top of the division. Atlanta's close. Uh, there's going to be a lot of come trade deadline. It's not a rebuild <laughs> no. anymore. No. This is this is win now. And, and I would agree that they'd be in on a couple different trade talks because, you know, I sit up in the booth and I do the, the color for the Phillies. And I look down on the field and I, I, I think I have a pretty good judge of character and teams and, and what they can and cannot do. And I, I, I watch that Dodgers team. And I'm thinking to myself, it's a great lineup. Yeah. Yes, it's a very good lineup. But, man, they can get after you with their pitching staff. Their starting rotation is so strong, so deep. And Oral Hershiser told me the other day, he said, they could probably field two teams. But that's how deep that the, the Dodgers are. And I say, you know what, Oral, I wouldn't doubt that because they are so deep at the pitching. They, they can the, the guys they have coming off the bench, it's a joke. It, it I mean, is. they are so deep. And I look at the Phillies, and I'm thinking, what do they need? They need starting pitching. They have to go deeper in the ballgame. The bullpen has been decent. But, you know, if you run those guys out there on a consistent basis, they're going to get eaten alive. The Dodgers in particular, uh, the emergence of, uh, of Ryu has really changed the game. Because I think going into the season, I think everybody figured Clayton Kershaw was taking a step back. He's got off to a good start. Uh, I think they all, everybody was expecting Walker to kind of take to ascend to that ace, and he's been good. He was especially good his last start against Arizona, but the key to this whole thing is, is Ryu. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he's got to be the front runner for for Cy Young right now. We can't forget about Kenta Maeda, who's been pretty solid for him as well. You you hit on it when you can get starting pitching that gets into sixth, seventh inning. That allows you to go to the bullpen more often because they're not being taxed for that sixth and seventh yeah. inning. They're able to come out in the seventh, eighth, and you can manage that as a as a manager for you know dealing with that bullpen compared to if you have starters only going five and six. I I I see when I look out at Philly's team in particular, especially with the injury to McCutcheon. It, I, I Bruce had a fantastic game. Can he continue that for the entire season, rest of the season, or do you have to go out and Bring in another outfielder as well. I don't know if he's going to hit two home runs and drive <laughs> six, six every night, but uh, it would be cool if he did. It might be a record or something. Uh, it, it, replay, you can't replace Andrew McCutcheon no. because what he has done for the Phillies, you know, he alongside Hoskins and Harper, they're top three still in the league in walks. Wow. And that is something that he's been so good. He's played a tremendous left field for the Phillies, even filled in center field. Um, since Oduble has has been on, uh, you know, administrative leave, he can still buggy whip a fastball. He can. He can. He's got some unbelievable bat speed. But I, I do think that one of these guys, and Scott Boer said, he said, listen, like a kind of like a fine wine, it needs to decant a little bit. So I don't know if he's got a deal in place, but we'll see what happens with where Dallas Keuchel's going to end up. And that That's going to be a very interesting piece moving forward because, I mean, listen, it, it is rare – that you can get those type of guys 
uh, added to your team without giving up a whole bunch. This is one of those few instances where you're going to have to spend some money to get them, but you certainly won't be depleting your 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 prospects that are right. coming up through the system. So I, I'm interested to see how that goes. Do you think it's Do you think it's bad for baseball that Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimball didn't sign before the season started? I do. I do think it's bad for baseball because, well, yes and no. I, I get that the owners have found a way through analytics to kind of suppress the numbers a little bit, right? Because right. for a long time, they just kept going up and up and up. There might be a couple year, a year or two that it was kind of remained the same, but for the most part, it's gone up. So clearly owners have found something where – uh, in this analytics that allows them to justify keeping the numbers down. That was always the hard part. They couldn't justify it, you know. Right. So now analytics is here, and it seems like it's here to stay, and I think that's going to be the norm. So from that standpoint, it's good for baseball. But, listen, when you look at the NBA and you look at the NFL, when free agency comes, it's one of the most exciting parts of the year during right. the offseason for those, for those two uh, entities. But when it comes to Major League Baseball – and you just have a pretty much a dead period from October through February when you start, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing for baseball. You want to be in the news even though you're, the, the game isn't actually in play at that right. point. Uh, and I think baseball's behind the eight ball when it comes to that. they got to find a way to keep the, the news cycle going even during their off season, which the other two major sports do a fantastic job of. Yeah, that, that I would agree with that. And you talk about the free agency, and there were no two bigger free agents than, than Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Yeah. And watching these two face off, I, if you look at it, at a given time, you have $630 million on the field. <laughs> just in two positions. <laughs> two players. That's just hard for me to rationalize. I mean, that's a lot of zeros and a lot of commas. It is. It is. And, you know, both of them have – gotten off to starts that I think uh, most people would say that they're struggling a little bit. I think they would say that they're they're not at their best at this point. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I always find it interesting because when you sign these dudes, they are like, they're the, they're, they're the gods, right? right? They're the best things that ever happened. But as soon as the season starts, if they're not putting up the numbers – well, what's wrong with them? Right. There's, there's something clearly got to be wrong. Clearly, and I, and I, and I, you know, and I, and I always question myself is maybe because I played, I'm not in a panic mode because I've been around guys who are this talented. They always seem to find a way to yeah. figure it out, they and do. and it, and and it's, it comes incrementally. Sometimes, sometimes it comes in a barrage of hits, but usually when uh, when October first rolls around. They're right around where their numbers should be. And I, I think the same is going to hold true for, for both Bryce and Manny. I think, if, like I said, if you ask them right now, they'll probably say they're not at their best right yeah. now. And they, they, they and I know both of them are probably trying to live up to the amount of money they got in one year, and it's just not possible. Yeah, it's, it's, it is tough. And, uh, you know, you, you bring up the analytics and you bring up Saber metrics, and you, there's, it's all about exit velo and XFIP and war and, which is really just a fancy way of saying I hit the ball really hard, exit velo, by the way. <laughs> exactly. There's some things that I – because this is something that's been been digging at me is the fact that basically every at-bat is going to end in a walk, a home run, or a strikeout. I don't think it's very good for the fans. No. You know, I I, I look at it as – and we're both still fans, right? Yes, we turned absolutely. The, we turned the, the television on to watch a ball game because we're fans. We want to see – the great game of baseball being played. And we have stolen bases that are down. We have guys that can't get bunts down. And there are certain managers that flat out will tell 
individual, listen, we're not going to bunt. We only get 27 of them. I'm not going to give up an out to try and advance runners because if I advance this first and second with nobody out, if I advance the runners to second and third, it's still not a guarantee that I'm going to score one of those guys. I get it. I understand it. But it seemed like the, the baseball that, that we grew up with, the baseball that we played, was a little bit more ABC. And now it's a little bit more XYZ, in my opinion. <laughs> It's 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 part of the microwave society we live in. Like we want it now, and we got to have it fast. Right. Right. And you know, I, matter of fact, I think your manager, Gabe Kapler, is one of those guys that feels like I'm not willing to sacrifice an out over any circumstance unless it's going to actually get me a run. Right. And, and so you know, a lot of times getting that guy over for first or second by via the bunt uh, doesn't seem like it's uh, beneficial to some guys who who manage these ball clubs, but you're absolutely right. And I think people, they, they conflate uh, t- uh, time of game with actual action of play, right. right? Because time of game, can a game can be three hours and 30 minutes. As long as there's action, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Nobody right. minds sitting there for three hours and 30 minutes. It's just when there's nothing going on for that three hours and 30 minutes that it becomes a little bit of an issue. And you're absolutely right. When when the game is, is uh, walks homers and strikeouts that's not a very that's not a very um appeasing game to the, to the eye of the fan at right. least i mean cuz they come out they want to see excitement there's a reason why they stand up when a guy hits a triple or or you can feel the buzz when a guy steals second and third those are exciting parts of the game yes home runs are exciting too but it's only a, it's it's just a quick moment that you get to really enjoy it right the ball hit it goes over the fence you get the run it's over right you know you get to enjoy watching a guy Try to take a base. The throw goes down. The tag. You're waiting for. There's some suspense in it. You yeah. know. So, you're right. There, there. Baseball. I think is its biggest issue. The attendance coming down the last four years. Uh, I think it's one of those things they got to figure out a way to get more action. Really, I don't know if it's a baseball problem. It might be organizational, right? Because yeah. when you and I were coming up, and I hate to refer back to that time, but it's not that long. It, ago, it, it wasn't it? that. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But when we were coming up, it was. It was frowned upon to strike out. I think the Brewers had like a rule: ten percent of your at bats can be strikeouts. Right. After that, you or I should be ten percent of your at should at least be walks, and your strikeouts we like to be under that. Right. And if you didn't do that, you didn't move. Like you didn't you didn't get rewarded yep. to go up to the next level if you couldn't do certain things. A, a la execute a bunt. Like exactly. If I couldn't execute a bunt, I wasn't getting to the big leagues. Yep. That was just the name of the game. But now it's it's not it's even the starting pitchers. I mean, I don't see them practicing. I mean, the, the Phillies do it to some extent, but it's not like they're out there. The pitchers on their day they, they weren't pitching. They were out there bunting every day. Now you look at guys that their form is terrible. And and how did we get here? The pitchers are only they're only supposed to go five six innings, right? So therefore they're told that too. they're told that, and they're going to throw a hundred pitches in five or six innings, and they they know that okay if I have if I have Fran Mill Reyes up and I get a 3-2 count, I'm not going to throw him a fastball. Mm-mm. There's no way. I don't care if I walk him because I don't care about my pitch count. Because I know I'm coming out. I know I'm coming out anyway. <laughs> right. You know, and I think that's the point where I've never seen more 3-2 breaking balls in my life than over the last couple of years. It's you, unbelievable. Not only 3-2 breaking balls, 3-1 breaking balls. It is. It used to be 2-0, you're letting it eat as an offensive yep. hitter. Now you can't quite sell out to it. You you almost have to, you, I think you, the reason why you see more guys swing 3-0 now is because that's become the new 3-1. The it's the you know only you... time you're going to get a fastball yep. guarantee. Yeah. And, and so you see a lot more guys, even guys who aren't power guys, taking hacks at 3-0 because 
they know, look, this might be the only fastball I get in this count. Yep. And, and you know, it, it's there. that is among some of the issues I think baseball has when it comes to that attendance drop. It's, 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 if I can, I can watch this 3-hour and 30 game at home at this point. I don't have to go to the stadium because there's nothing really exciting that's going to that's gonna bring me out on, right. on a consistent basis. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the part, unfortunately, that's where we are right now. I think at some point, though, it's going to come back. Like, I, I love watching the Brewers, right? Yeah, because yeah. they lead the league in, in stolen bases. They lead the league in home runs. So that's, they get the best of both worlds. But that's the, that's the cool part, though, is that there are the, the good teams, the teams that are, are winning pretty much year in and year out, they're doing all of the things that we're talking about. Right. They bunt. You know, they their pitchers get deep in the game. The Astros come to mind. They may not bunt as much, but their pitchers sure enough get deep into games, and that bullpen gets to be a, a little bit less taxed compared to some of the other teams. The Dodgers are the same thing. And speaking of the Dodgers, I, I want to get into their continued success, right? They've won six straight divisions mm-hmm. on their way to a, It looks like they're on their way to a seventh. Um, yet they have had a hard time getting over the hump. And Granted, they ran into the Astros one year, and they ran into the, the the Red Sox one year. Both, you could argue, were some of the best teams to ever get to that point. You know what Pretty I'm saying? Good. So, uh, but they have refused. One of the things I've noticed, despite how good their starting pitch has been, despite the depth they have offensively, been I, I, I just question whether come deadline time, if the Dodgers are going to actually be willing to 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 spend whatever it takes to get that tier one middle relief guy because past few seasons really the past five seasons they've been unwilling to do it now that doesn't mean they haven't got middle relief but it hasn't been that top tier that that gets you over the hump and you just have to think at some point and i from a fan standpoint i'm like i would be saying to myself yeah it's cool we've got to the world series and i'm grateful for that but i I would like to win. I would like our team to win one. Exactly right. It just seems like they've been unwilling to go that far. But it, with the team as well as they played, and I can't imagine that the Dodgers felt like when you lose all the depth that they lost. You lose Puig. You lose Kemp. You lose Wood. Uh, that's depth. And now guys are stepping into those 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 spots. You lose. You would think you lose that depth. They still have it. Why not go out and make that trade? Well, they put so much money into their starting rotation, their lineup, and rightfully so. And that's the reason that they're able to get to the playoffs. However, once you get into the playoffs, you have teams yes. like the Phillies, like the Dodgers, their own team. They have like the, the, the Astros, the Red Sox. These guys grind at bats. So they get that pitch count, exactly to your point, they get that pitch count through the roof. So they start, they grind at bats. They might not get a hit. But they're running it, a, a it seven, shows its later in seven game. eight pitch at bats, and that's exactly right. They, so the they end up starting pitching only goes five innings, maybe in the playoffs. That's why these games end up being four hour games in the playoffs because you have to keep running re- relievers out there. So why not just really bulk up? That's how the the, the Indians were able to get there a couple years ago, yeah. um, and that's something that I think that the Dodgers fans would love to see them take that next step. Because the lineup is going to be there. They're going to have an unbelievable lineup. They're going to be able to score some runs. The starting pitching is going to keep them in the games. But how do they bridge that gap? How do they bridge that gap? So I think you might see that this year. You might see them go out and get um, get a a Kimbrel or or make a trade for somebody to really help them get over that hump. But, uh, you know, that the starting pitching can get them so far. And one of those starting pitchers is Ryu. This guy is just – Talk about turning the page. I mean, this is a guy that we always kind of knew he had that stuff. 
but he wasn't able to just repeat his mechanics. He wasn't able to make consistent pitches. And you could say all you want about his off-speed stuff. Tony, in, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the hardest pitch to hit is a located fastball. No doubt. No right? doubt. No doubt. And, and when you have a located fastball, it only makes your secondary pitches that much better. You don't have to be as fine as, as long as you're not in the middle of the plate. You right. don't have to be as fine with your secondary when you're locating the fastball because that alone is going to put a hitter on defense. If you're throwing balls in the middle of the plate, that's a different story. They don't. Have, they can be on the attack all the time, but your mechanics from an offensive standpoint have to be so perfect on a well-located fastball right. uh, that – now that's the for, at the forefront of your mind. That makes the off-speed pitches much more better. I think also when it comes to Ryu, he hadn't been healthy. He, right. he, he comes over in, I believe it was 2012, and I think at that point the Dodgers thought that they were getting what they're getting this year from mm-hmm. him, but he ran into some shoulder injuries, and it really took him a couple years to kind of get back on track. And once he did it, I mean, he's he's he, you could see it. And he'd come back at the end of the year, he'd well, he'd sometimes be on the playoff roster, sometimes wouldn't. This year it's like it's all coming together. And one of the things I, I, I like about Ryu is that he's not afraid to use his off-speed stuff. You talk about the fast pit, the, the fastball command, but he's got a tremendous changeup. He's got two different versions of breaking balls that, that he throws really at any point in time. He pitches backwards a lot of times, which is always yep. something that, that throws hitters for a loop. But it's just been actually fun to watch him because you talked about him repeating his mechanics. He's doing that this year. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And that's why he's been more consistent with his pitching because I, I think the one thing that's really he freed him up to the outside part of the play is the fact that he can locate into righties mm-hmm. with his fastball. So he's got – I wouldn't say he's an overpowering fastball, yeah. but he's got enough – He's got enough giddy-up where you got to respect it. So you start to look inside. Then he starts to back foot that breaking ball, and you don't pick up rotation. You swing over the top of it. Or he starts to dot you inside, and then he goes away with a changeup, and that makes it that much more effective. It's just his fastball command and, and repeating his mechanics. I think he simplified his mechanics to where he can get that release point. One guy that, that you played with in, in Philly, and I think he's, he's as good a lefty as, as, as we've seen as Cole Hamels, oh, and yeah. repeating his mechanics. like this is Everything looks the same. Exactly right. So everything comes out of the same arm spot. He, the, the arm speed's the same. The arm slot is the same. You read fastball, and that's what makes these guys so good. It's not the fact that Ryu throws 98-99. No, he doesn't. He can locate it the way he does, repeat those mechanics, and once you start reading fastball and then something else comes out, you're done. <laughs> it's a wrap. You are done. <laughs> it is a wrap. And, you know, we're talking about pitching, and across the freeway out there in Los Angeles, you have the Anaheim Angels, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Angels, or whatever you want to call them at this point. They change, it seems like, from year to year. Uh they are on the opposite end of this conversation, yeah. right? They've spent a lot of money offensively. Trout, Pujols, they bring in Simmons. Uh, they they got some players on that team that can that can you know Justin Upton. He's hurt right now, but they got some guys in that lineup. But for the past, uh, we talk about Mike Trout all the time. He's he's the best player in the league. I don't yeah. think there's any question about it. The guy is top two in MVP voting year in year out. Uh, if he's not winning it, and you look at what they've done, it's almost like they're doing Mike Trout a disservice, man. Yeah. He's the most talented player, as I said, in this league, yet he's only been in the playoffs one time, and that has is in large part due to the lack of pitching that Anaheim has had. Now, some of it has been injury, where they've had major injuries to their pitching staff, but other years it's almost like they didn't pay too much attention to their yeah. pitching staff and what they should add. 
it's like this ballpark. They forgot to add bullpens. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's like, okay, we've assembled this great offense. Oh, we forgot about pitching. Oh, man, we have this beautiful ballpark. Where the heck are you guys going to warm up? Oh, yeah, we got to put bullpens in for them. Well, that's what the Angels have done. You know, they, they just have this great offense. Well, you're not going to go out and score six runs every game. This game's you're not going to do it. And I don't care how many Band-Aids you try and put over it, it's just not going to cover it. And um, you look at it, you're thinking, are they doing Trout the service? Well, they just gave him 430. Touche. 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 I take million. that back. But he really is in the prime of his career, and he's going to be there for a few more years. But Otani will be back next year pitching. That's going to be huge for them. But they need more than just one guy. They tried to do it with Harvey and Cahill this year. They're just not able to, to, to put that Band-Aid on it and make them be successful, especially when you have a team like the Astros in your division oh. that they're not going anywhere. No. They're not going Un- anywhere. Unfortunately for that American League West, Astros are going to be there for quite They're still time. young enough where I think the Angels are really going to have to start spending some money on pitching. Where are they going to get that? That's yet to be determined. But they have to do something to – it's only going to make that offense a little bit better. Do you think – Otani can sustain this. Like, I know he's not pitching this year, but last year he pitched a little bit. Eventually he wore down, the elbow goes, taking a year off from pitching. Is that sustainable? Is that something the Angels can depend on? Because just off top, I don't think it's something you could depend on because we've really only seen one player ever really do it consistently, and that's Babe Ruth. And- if, it, if someone can do it, I think he'll do it because he has youth. Yeah. You know, he's still young enough. Now he's got a new elbow. Well, okay, well, how long does, is that window open for him to be able to do both? I mean, at some point, the body's going to be like, I- I've had enough of doing yeah, both. Yeah, but how much, how much pressure is he really putting on his body? Say you go out and throw a bullpen, right, on the day that you're not DHing. You know, I I think it, it, it. I don't think it's it's that. You don't think it's that much. I don't. I really don't. And maybe I've just been brainwashed by the analytics now that it, make me feel maybe like you are. <laughs> maybe you are. You know, I don't know if we discussed this before, but you know, one day we were facing Randy Johnson, and Boach made me play first base because somebody I, didn't want to play. I was right-handed. <laughs> you know, I was a switch hitter, and I, I could face him. So I go out and I play first base, and. We got, you know, Randy went out and shoved that day. I mean, he's just typical Randy Johnson. And I, you know, probably struck out a couple times and 0 for 3, comfortable 0 for 3 off the unit. But I remember getting done playing first base for nine innings, and I came in and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) I'm like, how old were you at this time? Well, I was early 20s, mid 20s. But I remember standing out there at first base thinking to myself, is this it? Like, is this all I have to do? And no offense to position players, (laughs) but. I mean, it's it was definitely not the grind of catching. It sure. was so easy. Honestly, I think I went in the weight room and worked out for two hours afterwards because I had to do something to expend some energy because I just I stood out there, you know, caught a couple ground balls. So balls you're hit. saying you don't think it's going to be I as don't think big it's a going deal to, as everybody. I don't think it's going to affect Otani that much. I really don't. I think he'd be just fine to go out and pitch every fifth day. And then when he's not pitching, he's going to DH. I even heard some rumors they might throw him in the outfield. You know, I'd. Listen, when, if you're if, if you're as talented as him, I think all options are, are clearly open if you're anti-Angels. But the first thing I would be focusing on is, hey, man, as soon as we can get you back on the mound, yeah. we kind of need you there. Yeah. Offensively, yeah. we can sustain with Pujols and Trout and some of the other guys we got on this ball club, but uh, we need some pitching. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would be they, saying. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them go out and, and get some big, big name free agents. What, what do you got on Josh Bell? I mean, this kid is, is – Lighten it up yeah. for Pittsburgh. Smaller market team. Uh, he's he's got to be one of the 
he's got to be on his way to an all-star game, at least at this point. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely. We were talking about it uh, yesterday in the last couple of days in the, in the dugout before the game started as to who's going to be on the all-star team because they have a different balloting system this year. It's going to basically be down the you know the top three guys get voted in, and then those three get to see who voted, who gets who gets to see who starts. starts. Josh Bell was everyone's number one contestant for for first. And it's not a very hitter friendly park. No. at PNC in Pittsburgh, it's it's really not. I mean, it's a little bit shorter down the right field line, but he's doing it from both sides of the plate, and that's what I the 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 art of switch hitting. Uh, I think is. It's really a, a lost art. Yeah, God and bless switch hitters, by the way. <laughs> he's able to do it from both sides and just be that productive. And he's really living up to all the hype that, that has been surrounding him since he was drafted. When they came, they came here last homestand here in San Diego, and I did a, a breakdown on, on his swing mechanics, and he's really trimmed a lot of the fat off mm-hmm. of, his, of his mechanics. I mean, he had a big, op- wide-open stance, big leg kick, a lot of movement. Now he's standing a little bit taller, uh, not as big of a leg kick, much more quiet. And that's the bigger change was from the left side because he had an open stance. He closed that off. But the consistency in him, you talked about this last week, getting it down, mm-hmm. getting in a hidden position, he, he, he's he been special really all season long. First base is going to be loaded uh, for all-star selections because there's a lot of first basemen playing well. I'm most looking forward to just hopefully seeing him in the home run derby. I think this home run derby has a chance to be special. Guys like uh, Fran Milrez, you've mentioned Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell. There's some sluggers out there this year that could be fun to watch. Yeah, especially the way base, Major League Baseball can say whatever they want about the baseball. baseball. I knew you were but going these there. things are golf balls. I'm sorry, they are. How about the balls that are flying out of this place here at, at, at Petco Park? And this is a place where the ball doesn't fly. And I'm telling you, they moved the, the seats in, but these balls are getting out of here. I'm mean, going to go upper tank. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. A lot changed as they started building these buildings up behind it. It's almost like there's a jet stream somewhere yeah. in this stadium. I would the say balls are flying. I out. would say that, that that is definitely a key because uh, you know it's completely different right now the the way the ball's flying out of here. But regardless of of here or the buildings they put up, these balls are just <laughs> they're going to the different parts of the ballpark, just doing it to offset. Everything is coming out of the bullpens. Everyone's 95 to 100, right? So baseball says, okay, we know guys are going to strike out. But if they are able to barrel a ball, then fans want to see it go out of the ballpark. And that's why these balls are flying do, out of the ballpark. Do, is, is that a misnomer that fans want to see all home runs? Because I think it is. Because I think it's – you know what it's kind of like to me? It reminds me of the three-pointer in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's taking Everyone's it. doing it. Now it's like it's not that big a deal. Like, okay, yeah, you shot some three-pointers. I want to see somebody get to the rack and dunk again. Yeah. That's what I want to see. So it's like, man, okay, everybody's doing yeah. that. One thing that I will say, and watching some of these Phillies run the bases, talk about a lost art. These guys are – there's Bryce Harper a couple times hit literally a ground ball up the middle, and he ends up doing a head first in the second base because he's thinking two out of the box. and, and I he love gets that. I love it, right? That's, that's an exciting part Guys of the game. that are putting pressure on the defense – uh, because guys in the outfield just don't throw like they used to. They're taking advantage of that, putting pressure on the defense. I remember I, I got called up my first game ever was at Dodger Stadium, and Tim Flannery, the third base coach for the Padres, uh, who you know very, very well, yeah. I remember he pulls me aside, and I wasn't the fleetest of foot. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> and he calls me aside and said, listen, it's station to station if a ball's hit the right field. He goes, Mondesi's out there. He goes, He's got the best arm on the planet. <laughs> and I go, okay. I, I mean, station to station, that's the way it is. But 
I, that's a, that's one of those lost arts in baseball that we talk about bunny and we talk about stolen bases. The way guys throw from the outfield, no one takes pride in it anymore. You watch in between innings, and these guys are 15 feet apart from each other, just like <laughs> lobbing it to each other. No wonder no one has a good arm anymore. No one plays long toss. It's It really is a lost art. Well, when you're not having to do it very much, often you, you, you forget that you need to work on it. Yeah. You know, and, and you're right, because catchers, it's amazing. We got all these catchers with fantastic pop times, right? But nobody runs, so why even get a catcher with pop time? You should. We should just get away from the defensive catcher. Period. At this point, because nobody's running. What is yeah. the? I mean, obviously, you need the catcher to be able to call a game. That's really the biggest asset right now. The way catchers are being used, you can. You either need to hit, or you need to be able to call an, a fantastic game and handle your pitching staff. You don't necessarily need to throw because nobody's running. True. It's a complete lost art. Give give us as fans uh, another exciting piece to the game. Yeah. Because it just seems like we're, we're, we're running out of exciting pieces yeah, at this point. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you can look at uh, different things, and I think that is, is one of those things that, I, you know, I think it, it is a lost art, but they really can help out a ball club. You look at the way JT Realmuto runs a ball game, and these pitchers put a lot of, a lot of credit as to the fingers that he's putting down. And he takes it takes it personally. Yeah, Austin Hedges is the same way. Yeah. He's struggling offensively, but the reason why he's constantly in the lineup is because of how young the pitching staff is and how well he handles this young pitching yep. staff. I I, I didn't I wasn't a big believer at all in this whole framing and stealing pitches, but I've seen more balls. You know, you get the strike zone on TV. They right. got the 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 filled in circle for strikes, and it's it's open if it's not a strike. I've seen more open pitches called strikes than I've seen, I think, in my entire life. And I think a lot of it has to do with, and maybe it's because I'm paying attention to it more, has to do with Austin Hedges. He's mm-hmm. he's able to get turn balls into strikes by the way he's receiving it. And this is the first year where I've actually been like, okay, this, this is an actual real thing. Yeah, there definitely is something to it. It's just I always say you're, you're just – presenting the ball to the umpire a little better. Bad presentation gets you nothing. Exactly right. And speaking of umpires, you think we're going to get there where the the umpires are back there and they're getting told whether it's a ball or strike or not? I really hope not. That's another another exciting point. How many times has a game ended on a play at the plate or at first and you can't even give off a celebration because you got to wait to see if instant replay <laughs> is going to actually change it. I, I wouldn't want to see that. I, I, I like the human error element of the game. I, I, we can't be so perfect that we don't have any issues at all. Like, there needs to be that. There needs to be, you know, we lost a game because there was a bad call. Right. And I got to learn to deal with it. I got to learn to move on and go move on to the next day. You would lose that element if. You're handing the strike zone to some computers. Okay, speaking of strike zone, how about how about this? Let me let me introduce this to you. You be commissioner for a second. How about we take the plate, which is 17 inches wide, and we make it 20 inches wide? Ah, I like the way you're talking already. It's an inch and a half. Think about how small an inch and a half is, right, on either side. You tell me that wouldn't speed the game up by 15 minutes a, it, a game? It definitely would. It, right? it definitely would. We can take away some of the leverage that these pitchers have and, and hand it over to the offensive Exactly guys right. <laughs> exactly right. You know, so I just think that would you'd, you'd see more swings. You'd see a little bit more aggressive. These guys, these hitters know that they can keyhole a pitch because if it's not there, it's going to be a ball. Yeah. And these umpires, I, I, I will give them credit, and I don't like to give them credit too much. <laughs> but, I mean, for the most part, you talk about the box that we see on the television screen. That ball is Maybe an inch and a half off the plate. Yep, that's why I don't want to see him go away because 
when truth be told, when it comes to strikes, most of these guys are pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good, and they don't miss a lot when they do. It's pretty much highlighted for us to see, and they're seeing it in, 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 a, fast, in, a, more, in a faster pace than we are looking at. We can yeah. look at it in slow-mo and kind of be critical of what's going on, but uh, it, it's just one of those things you'd like to see. I only think only issue I really have with the umpires is that they could be a little bit more open to hearing from players when it when they're when they're approached the right way. Right. Sometimes, I mean, like for instance, we had the other day where a kid gets the kid from the Royals gets thrown out. He threw a change up and it, he lost it. Hits uh, one of the White Sox and 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 I think in the shoulder. Right. He gets ejected right. immediately. Oh. And I know there was some things going on in the previous series, but. You gotta have a little feel. Yeah. Like if I don't know of any big leaguer that's gonna hit somebody with an off-speed pitch. Right. It, it's never been done. Or that, or that you know, you work to a, a full count and then you drill somebody and the guy gets thrown out of the game. Listen, if I'm gonna drill a dude, <laughs> first pitch, I ain't wasted six pitches. <laughs> no, <laughs> I already no, know my pitch count is is limited here. I don't need to give away six of them. There's just no chance. Yeah, exactly right. Like I, I'm already out here for 100 pitches. Listen, I'm not gonna waste six of them before I drill a dude. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, I I do agree with that. There's got to be some type of feel there for the for the umpire. Um, are we heading in the right direction with with some of these suggestions? I, I love the game and I love the the way that it's been played for all these years. You still got to keep it the way it is. I think for the too most much, part, too much change it, it can change the fabric of how the game has been played. Let me ask you about. Uh, one of the big subjects that's been going around, at least early, it seems to be always early in the year where you get a you get a little uh, a brawl, and now the whole conversation of you know pimping home runs or watching home runs go out and how it's perceived. This this whole subject to me has been framed wrong, right? It's been framed old versus new, but let's just use that Kansas City situation for one. That was young versus young. No matter how long this game is going to be played. There is always going to be people that look at that particular subject differently, right. and it's not going. To, it's not about uh, these these unwritten rules that everybody likes to talk about all the time. It's just about competition. If I feel like you're disrespecting me, this is my way of getting back at you. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That right. is how most athletes interpret that. There's always going to be different views on that, on one side of the fence or the other. Yeah, it's going to be an open-ended conversation. Yeah, it, it really will be because you know if you say. Well, that guy pimped the, to pimp the home run, threw his bat, and then just dogged it around the bases. And then you have the other side that says, well, make a better pitch. <laughs> right. You that, know what I mean? That was my dad's side. I was like, listen, you don't want to see him. you got to make a better pitch. Right. On the flip side of that, if, I, if, if you are throwing pitches, you punch me out, and you chainsaw me as you're walking to the dugout, <laughs> you should feel some type of way if I get you the next at bat. It, right. it should be even, right? Exactly we should right. Feel, we should feel, okay, you got me. I got you now. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, I, I, the way I was, I, I, I hit it. I might look at it for a second, but I was the guy that sprinted around the bases. I didn't hit very many of them. I didn't want anybody to notice that I actually hit one. Yeah, not only that, I get another pitch. I didn't hit enough of them to know if I actually got it. So <laughs> I wanted to be. I didn't want to be embarrassed standing on first base of a ball I thought got out, yeah. didn't get out. You know, it's funny. You hear about some of the, the old timers, and I fortunately have the, the opportunity to work with Mike Schmidt back in Philadelphia on Sunday day games uh, at home, and. Just to hear him talk about some of the names that that he's gotten, like hitting a home run off Bob Gibson, you know. First of all, that sounds insane, right? I mean, seriously, it's like, oh my God, I hit a home run off Bob Gibson. He's like, Mike Bob Gibson, are you serious? (laughs) But he said, I literally, you know, because Mike Schmidt hit 548 home runs, and you can't tell me that he didn't know when a ball was going out, right? So you (laughs) get Bob Gibson, and then you're you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to put my head down. He said this to me. 
and run as fast as I can around the bases. And then when I go up for my next at bat, I know I'm going to wear one on my shoulder. Even <laughs> even though I ran the bases even, hard. Exactly right. And, so, and, again, that goes to my point is that no matter how much we want to talk about these unwritten rules, there are always going to be guys who are for it, who are against it, and are going to act accordingly to how they feel. It has nothing to do with unwritten rules or not. It's the same in every other sport. If exactly a guy right. is running through the lane, dunking, and then celebrate, eventually he's going to come to the lane and he's going to catch an elbow yep. in his chest. And, it's, you know, he might get a flagrant foul. My guy might get ejected. A flagrant one or a flagrant two? <laughs> Probably a flagrant two nowadays. <laughs> you know, we can go back to the Kurt Rambis days where he gets clothesline and it's just a two-shot Bill foul. <laughs> but that's just my point is, Eventually, it's it's not gonna it, it it's never going to change. No right. matter how much we are outraged about some getting hit in the ribs and you could have killed him and this and that and the other, it is never going to change because there's always gonna be somebody that feels like you know what you're you're personally trying to make me look bad right now. Right. Here's my answer to that. Yeah. So there's there's the antidote, right? <laughs> Well, that'll do it for Big Time Baseball alongside Tony Gwynn Jr. I am Ben Davis. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. Be sure to give us a five-star review. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. We'll see you soon. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.